The crowd didn't understand what they were asking Jesus because they didn't really know Jesus. Have you ever found yourself wondering if there is more to life than your current circumstance? Perhaps you're stuck in a rut of mundane, unsure of where you belong. Maybe you feel bound by chains of poor decision making, feeling lost, but brave enough to consider, what if there's more to life than this? Hi, I'm Cindy Linton and I want to welcome you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people gathering together in normal Illinois. People who have found the answer to this question is a yes and are committed to joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Palm Sunday. Who's ready to celebrate Palm Sunday? Amen. It's a it's more of an Eastern tradition of the palm than it is a Western. You know, maybe if you go to Florida, you might see some palm, but uh, you really don't see that in Illinois. You know, we we've got the corn stalks. So you let me know when it's the celebration of the corn stalk. <laughs> we, we will be out in full force. <laughs> but until then, we come to celebrate Palm Sunday. Amen. But I, but I think that we have lost track of what Palm Sunday actually is. We've lost track of the celebration that it represents. We've, we, we've got confused on some priorities and things in the list that Christ has laid before us of why He came to Jerusalem those 2,000 years ago, that 33 years into his life, of why he was coming to Jerusalem on that day. And I pray through the Word and, and, and through what God has for me today that, that maybe we can move some of that around. And I want to preach for just a little while today on the journey to the cross. It's called Palm Sunday because people were laying the palm branches to welcome their Messiah to Jerusalem. We don't do that anymore. I've established that. I'm, I'm not sure that we even really celebrate in a way if you think about it this is what we consider praise when we raise our hands mm -hmm. but this even to an extent can be a struggle sometimes yeah. sure. the the act of putting down a palm branch was establishing the king the king was coming this is establishment of surrender to the king. And yet, in and of itself, it's difficult. When you look denominationally across the board, this sometimes is looked at as you're weird. Don't bring that over here. You know, let alone let it come, something come out of my mouth to proclaim the king. But yet, that's what Palm Sunday was all about. Thousands of Jews establishing the fact that Jesus was the king and the Messiah. If we're not careful, today and the coming week could just be days we skip. To get to a celebration of Easter. Yeah. A celebration that if we're not careful can get really mixed in spring. It's true. Because it's beautiful outside. It is. It's yeah. nice. And when it stops being windy and raining, it's really nice <laughs> out there. The trees are blossoming. Uh, before we know it, Easter will be here. And then when Easter comes, what happens to us? All we think about is the Easter lunch. And it's a, in a blur. It's a blur of sugar and candy. That's what Easter has been relegated in our Western culture. 
my son is back there pumping his fist because that is what he's accustomed to on Easter Sunday. And today, let alone, is just skipped on by. We, we come as Christians to celebrate Easter. But heaven help us. Look at the cars that are just, I know it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, but I was here earlier and there were cars still hustling and bustling by. We don't take into account what this week and this day really means. And we go about our regular, regularly scheduled broadcasts. I don't know if anybody ever listened to the radio where there was an interruption and they would bring in a special news and then they would go, now back to your regularly scheduled broadcast. I have a feeling that we've relegated Easter and Palm Sunday of this week to a newsflash in our Christian walk. And when it's over, we set and reset in our mind, now back to our regularly scheduled program. It's just a blip. It's just an instance. Honestly, some of us, it's really a pain. Because you have to do all the planning and all the preparation. You have to maybe go see family you don't want to see. (laughs) Heaven help us. A lot of my family's here today, so I love my family. (laughs) Otherwise, Easter is about to get real awkward. (laughs) But it's the events of Palm Sunday and the events of this week that lead to the cross, that lead to the empty tomb, that lead to the resurrection, our redemption, the price of our atonement was paid. It was the the, the journey in to the, cru- to the crucifixion and the cross that leads us to the celebration that is Easter. And if we celebrate on Easter, we must celebrate on Palm Sunday. If we celebrate on Palm Sunday, every day in Jesus Christ should be a celebration. Right, right, Amen? Yeah. All our debt and sin were wiped away in a moment. Can I tell you in my Christian walk, and you really don't want to hear this as your pastor, But there's been times in my life where it was a struggle to celebrate Jesus on a Sunday. Why was it a struggle? Me, my flesh, stuff going on in my life. But can I tell you that Palm Sunday is a reminder to us that it should never be a struggle to celebrate and worship the King. It's not because of circumstances that I'm dealing with, but it's because of what He already did and established before me. It was in a moment that Jesus changed everything for us. But it was a week of moments that will shed some light on us here today and and, and maybe us as people about why we make the decisions we make and the thoughts we have the way that we do. Matthew 21, 1 through 11 reads like this. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethpage unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be filled, might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the, by the prophet Zechariah, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon a donkey, and a colt, the foal of the donkey. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the donkey and the colt, and put them and put on them their clothes, and sat him on thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees, and sprawled them in the way. And the multitude that went before him and that followed him cried, Hosanna to the son of David. 
Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Yeah. The greatest form of celebration that was being shouted on that day. We get excited about Hosanna. We get excited about the opportunity to scream at the top of our lungs, do we not? It's really why we go to sporting events. <laughs> and here was the greatest spectacle of all. Jesus riding in on a donkey. The scripture continues and says, And when he came into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Question that we have been asking since we started these, these church services that's really important because it's all about the relationship. If we're not confused, right. we'll get lost in the crowd. And the question that the crowd was asked is, Who is this? And the multitude says, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth, of Galilee. And right there, it all falls apart. In that moment, for those people, it all fell apart. Because they tagged him with the simple phrase, which is huge, if you think about it. I want to be a prophet. I'm not. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. I'm not a prophet. But I would want to be a prophet. But here the people are established with this tone. And all as they dignify him with his prophet. It wasn't even worthy. It wasn't even dignified enough. He is so much more than a prophet right, could ever right. be. Right. Never was. He was the oracle, the orifice that the prophets would speak of That's and right. speak from. Yeah. He is not just simple Jonah of the Old Testament. Right. He is the king of kings Amen. and the Lord of lords wrapped in the yes. flesh and dwelt among us. But it was right there in that moment that the crowd would lose the, the momentum of the cry of Hosanna. From that day to the next three, four, five days, they would move. They would, they would lose that meaning of Hosanna. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. The word Hosanna is often translated into the phrase, please save us. Did you know that? Did you know that? Please save us. It's a Hebrew. It's two Hebrew words that are put together. Yasha, meaning to cause or to bring about salvation. And Anna, meaning please, I beseech thee. So if I were literally to put those together, it would say Yasha, Anna, to cause or to bring about salvation. Please, I beseech thee. Hosanna. I always thought Hosanna was just like some jubilant shout. They were yeah. saying, yes, yeah. Lord upon high. But it was Lord, save us. King, save us. And then you put it all into context, which I'm hoping to do today. And it brings so much more meaning to what they were saying. And so much more meaning by the time we get to the service of what we are actually going to say when it comes to that time. Can you picture it with me? Jesus on the back of a young donkey with no saddle, but the disciples clothes to sit on entering into Jerusalem. Now, I know it might be hard to imagine this afternoon. It is 2 o'clock, and you might or might not have had lunch. But there was no car traffic. There was no Chick-fil-A in Jerusalem that the people were rushing and scurrying about to. There, there was maybe a wagon, maybe a wagon, but for the most part, this was a pilgrimage of foot traffic. Jewish people from all over the region converging on Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. I know, just looking out at you, I know that you know what the Passover is. Is It's the celebration given by God from the Old Testament to remember when the angel of the Lord passed over yeah. the Hebrew people in yeah. Egypt in the bondage. He passed over. Why? Because the blood yeah. was applied. Mm -hmm. And they are coming in groves and droves, whatever that massive word is where people flock somewhere. They were coming 
And they were coming to celebrate the Passover. Why? Because it was a celebration that Jesus or the Lord commanded from the Old Testament right. that they would keep. Yeah. And here comes this Jesus riding on a donkey. It's why they were headed to Jerusalem except Jesus. Jesus was not there just to celebrate the Passover. Jesus was there to be the spotless lamb that would finish the work of the Passover. Jesus was there so that his blood could be applied to our lives. The ultimate atonement so that when that angel of death comes again, we don't have to fear the angel of death because the blood of Christ is upon our life. People knew who Jesus was. People had heard of the miracles that Jesus had performed. They didn't need the local news or Facebook to keep them informed. Don't you love it? Local news and Facebook, it really keeps you informed. <laughs> when a dead man is raised back to life, you don't need Facebook to tell you about it. You don't need the local news. You know what? Brother Kevin's going to call me up. You are not going to believe this. That word travels fast. I can just tell you that. Somebody falls dead and we pray them back right here, that news is going to travel quick. This doctor's office is going to be full on Monday. Not people coming to need an adjustment, so people coming to know what happened there on Sunday. You don't need the sources to do all of those things. <clears throat> when blinded eyes can see, you don't need to wait for the news cycle to come around. When the sick are healed, you don't need the news cycle. And yet all of this was going on around Jesus. And we wonder why everybody knew who he was. We wonder why everybody wanted to know he was that man. And when they heard about him, they had an idea of who he was because there was miracles and signs and wonders taking place yeah. all around him. They didn't need to wait for the social media to keep them informed. The king was entering the city. You and I don't need to wait for a social invitation. We've got right. Easter yes. invitations right. here today. That if you know somebody that would love to get one of these, this is a commercial timeout. If you know somebody that would love to get one of these, how awesome would it be for a handwritten letter right. to come from you to yeah. invite somebody on Easter to the church? Yeah. Because we don't need just the social media. The social media is has its purposes and has its points, but it's stale. If somebody comes to life, I want to tell you about it. If somebody's baptized in the name of Jesus, I want to tell you about it. I want to shout about it. I want to praise about it, but the king was entering the, entering into the city. The journey started in Jericho. Yeah, that Jericho, the one that we read about in the Old Testament. Yeah. The one that is the, uh, the Hebrew people marched around seven times, and they blew their trumpets, and they shouted, and the walls came tumbling down. Jericho, just to give some perspective this morning, because I know we've all heard Palm Sunday messages. Jericho was some uh, 400, 847 feet below sea level. It's where Jericho is located over at in Israel right now. Below sea level, next to the Jordan River. I don't have time to go into that story this morning, but if you go, go back and read it, you can see that it was right there in proximity to the Jordan. The journey would lead the Jesus and his disciples from Jericho to an elevation of 2,710 feet above sea level to the Mount of Olives where both Bethpage and Bethany sat. We read it in our scripture. Those are the two towns. They went to Bethpage and they said to get the mule in Bethany. Bethany, a lot of times, is where Jesus would come. He would come out of Jerusalem and he would stay in Bethany. 
but these are the locations. So he's going from a lowland up into the Mount of Olives. It was the reason it was called the Mount, because it was some 2,710 feet above sea level. Now, just outside of Bethpage and Bethany was Jerusalem, which sat 2,474 feet above sea level. Now, my math isn't the best, but there's about... Say it, we're not going to do this again this time. But there's some 200 and some feet <laughs> difference between the top of the, the Mount of Olives and where Jerusalem sat. There was an even greater distance between Jericho and the top of the Mount of Olives. And that's why it wasn't a, a journey for wagons. It was a climb. It was a path. It was a hike. It was a trail that they had to get up on. It was a literal pilgrimage to get into Jerusalem. And yet that's where we find Jesus. And I don't have the time to go into all of the story this morning. But when you think about him coming out of Bethany and into Jerusalem, it was a downward slant. It was a downward movement, and he looks into Jerusalem, and it's where the Bible says that Jesus wept for one of the times that Jesus actually cries, because he looks and he sees what's going to take place, not only to the people that are going to be shouting Hosanna, but to the city that was soon going to be destroyed for their turning against him. And yet we find it that way. It was the journey up the mountain and the journey down into Jerusalem. And if we're not careful... We can just quickly let this slide by us. We can just let quickly this Palm Sunday be missed of all that was taking place. Literally, I believe God can touch our life in a moment. Do you know the problem with us as human beings? A moment moves too fast. We don't put enough time. We don't put enough behind a moment. We just think a moment. I don't have to prepare. I don't have to do anything. But moments are made. Moments are made of preparation. Right. The moment that Jesus healed us took preparation on His part. It took a journey to get Him to Calvary. Could He have done it in a moment? He could have done it with That's a spoken right. word, the That's way right. that He created everything. But He wanted to know is for humanity not to miss, the care, time, the love that He put into the journey. And if we so quickly pass by Palm Sunday and so quickly wrap through Easter, we miss the love and the compassion that Jesus really had. To give some perspective on the road, on what the people had to travel, on what Jesus looked as he went down the road to to Jerusalem, we find Jesus entering into a city. And as the people look, they recognize. Could you imagine? Have you ever seen? Has anybody ever seen anybody famous? You've met somebody famous? I've never met anybody famous, except my wife. (laughs) I've watched people from a distance see or meet somebody famous. And famous is perspective whoever you think is famous. I've watched it, and it looks like this. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't know what to say, and you don't know what to do. Could you imagine, could you picture with me? Jesus riding on a donkey. I'm, I'm picturing side saddle. I'm not picturing full on saddle because there's nothing to hold on to. The mom is leading the colt. And here Jesus is sitting on the donkey that's never been ridden on. And he's riding into the city. Could you imagine that little boy that heard the story of the man or, or the child that used to right. throw himself into the fire going, Dad, that's the guy. 
That's the guy. And then it slowly, there were disciples that went before that are spreading the story. But it slowly begins to pick up. And before long, that's how everybody begins to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us. They laid their coats down for the colt to walk across. They placed down the palm branches. Fun fact about Jericho means city of palm trees. For the colt to walk across. There was much joy as the king of kings and the Lord of lords entered into the city. A celebrated day some 2,000 years ago. It's why we should have much celebration on this day today. I have tears, but they're tears of joy. They're tears of knowing that once I was lost, but now I've been found. Because my Redeemer has redeemed me. Our Savior has come. We are not waiting. We are not like the people who are waiting for Him to enter to the city and go those days just for the tomb to be open. The tomb has already been empty. There is no more waiting. There is no more need to shout, Hosanna, Lord, I beseech you, save me. Because He's already come to save each and every one of us. We're not wandering, looking. He came and He defeated hell, death, and the grave. Sadness reservedness and respectfulness that's all a manner of men we are the ones that say let us pause let us take a moment of silence the moment of silence wasn't for jesus matter of fact when the pharisees tried to shut down the people he said even the rocks will cry out we've been given a voice for a reason and the voice is to proclaim the king of kings and the lord of lords and if we're not careful better watch out because the piano will start playing without somebody the flowers and the lilies will start praising without somebody all the rocks outside will start praising without us and so when we start to get into these moments of sadness and reservedness and respectfulness when it comes to church and a palm sunday and an easter sunday it's not biblical it's not in the bible We're supposed to be jubilant, joyful, and expressive in our worship because that's the way Jesus created us. Do you know what the greatest day of my life is? Good Friday. You know how many people I see on Good Friday like, oh, it's such a sad day. He went to the cross. Oh, it's the greatest day of my life. That's right. Amen. Because it's the day he died for the atonement of my sins. There is no greater day. It's not my birthday. I love my birthday. But my birthday is meaningless without the blood on Calvary. It's the greatest day. So why would I go around sulking? Oh, put on sackcloth. Oh, let me just mourn. There's no need to mourn because the tomb is empty. He is alive. Amen. I give thanks with joy. There's no reason to mourn because Sunday follows Monday and the tomb was empty. Jesus was not just a man. He was fully God and fully man. His death and resurrection was the mission like we talked about last week. And for that, for our lives, he is the mediator of our soul and not destined to turmoil and sin's death and hell's eternity. But the prince, the price has been paid for the best among us. And the worst among us. It doesn't matter how good you are. We still need the blood of Christ on our life. It doesn't matter how bad you are. You still need the blood of Christ upon our life. We see as we journey to the cross. We can't push past the crowd that celebrated Jesus. Why I don't want us to rush past the people. Because I think it can be very telling of you and I. I know for myself they can be very telling of me. This book. This book was not written. Just so we could find highlights to preach about. (laughs) 
This book was written with so much insight and so much knowledge. The Begots, have you ever read the Begots? There is word in the Begots. Have you ever read the Levitical Law? There is word in the Levitical Law. Does it put you to sleep? It sure does put you to sleep. But it puts you to sleep with a full belly. There is, there is word in this that if we're not careful, we just miss over it and we just use taglines. But there is so much involved in this book. Why well, I don't want to rush past it. Edmund Burke famously quoted the phrase, those that don't know history are destined to repeat it. How many of us are repeating things that they did in this book? We right. fall. Yes. Uh, yes. We fall. Yes. And we fall. All the while, the Israelites fell the same way. Yeah. All the while, the disciples suffered the same fate. All the while, Paul was teaching the churches of the same things not to follow. But if we don't know and we don't listen, we're going to miss it. And if we don't see what happened to the crowd, we're going to repeat the same mistakes. I'm not talking history in the sense of gain and strategy like a lot talk history. I'm talking about history of humanity and the deceit of sin. If we're not careful, the Bible says sin lieth at the door and waits. It's waiting for us to make a mistake. And you said, this is Palm Sunday. This is supposed to be joy. It is joy. It is, it is hope. It is promise. It is prosperity. But in all that, sin is waiting if we make the wrong decision. And that's why this celebration has to truly be, truly be rooted in our feet. In order for us to shout, in order for us to glorify, we truly must know who he is as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And if we're not careful, we will repeat. We do repeat. One moment we will find ourselves shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, please, I beg you, save me. And the next moment we will be shouting, crucify him. Crucify him. Can you hear the words coming out of your mouth? I know you can't because we don't ever want to. We don't ever want to acknowledge the fact that we may fall short in an area. We may fall short in an area. No, not me, right? Well, James tells us something different. James tells us that it's possible that out of the same mouth can come things that lift up and come things that tear down. Out of the same mouth where we're shouting, King, 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 we can be shouting, Kill him, kill him, kill him. James 3 and 10 says, out of the mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Ought not be so. Doesn't mean they aren't so. It means they so much are so that James had to take time out of his message and say, hey, we got to stop. Because at the same time we're shouting Hosanna, the very time we turn around, we're shouting crucify. And how does that happen? How does that take place? Catch it with me. Catch it with me right here in Matthew 6, 13 through 15. And when Jesus came unto the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And he said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. I said it at the beginning. You're like, well, you're splitting hairs on the scripture. No, I'm getting right down to the bottom of the scripture. And what's going on is if we're just saying Jesus is just somebody, then what happens is the next morning we wake up and that somebody ain't able to meet my needs. But when we realize that he's the king eternal, we, we, we open the text we read Matthew 21, 11, and the multitude says, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee. Well, why can't I say that he's a prophet? Because a prophet isn't the king. 
A prophet isn't a creator. A prophet isn't the one that stood at the very edge of the earth and spoke light into existence. Who do we say that he is today? It's not about who I say that he is. It's about who we individually say that he is. Did we, recom- did we come today to receive what God has for us? Because when we receive from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega, it looks different than if we're just receiving from a prophet. I already told you in the beginning, I'm not a prophet. I'm not claiming to be. Please, nobody put that tag on me. Because if you read what they went through, woo, they went through some things. I'm a pastor and I can give some encouraging word. But this word, this word, Christ Jesus gave life. Yes. Through this word. That's right. This yeah. is the only way where we can get eternal life. Yeah. It's through yeah. this word. It's through the blood of the Lamb on Calvary. You're beating it like a dead horse. I'm beating it because there needs to be joy back in the body. And the only way for the joy to come is for the enemy to flee. That's right. And the only way for the enemy to flee, what we sung about, is to speak the name of Jesus. Yeah. Not the name of a prophet. Not right. the name That's of a right. prodigal. Yeah. Not the name yeah. of a son. But right. the name of That's Jesus. Right. No man can take away the life that Jesus gives. Did we come to receive from God or did we just come to receive what we need? Because there's a difference. And it was the same difference the people ran into. The people were shouting Hosanna, but it actually wasn't the salvation part that was the problem so much as the way Jesus would bring salvation. What do I mean by that? The people wanted salvation through a Messiah that would deliver them from the hands of Rome. It's why they thought Some thought him to be Elias or Jeremiah the prophet, Isaiah or Jeremiah in the Old Testament, delivering from the hands of the enemy, that he was going to come with a good word and he was going to lift them up, that Rome would be vanquished from their their land. But that's not what was taking place. The Jews wanted to be free of the Roman oppression, even if by force, even if by plague, like in the days of Moses. It was history they were lying upon that they missed the very idea of what salvation was would look like. They wanted man's needs answered in the form of a physical exodus of Rome. God came in a spiritual answer to a man's soul. What we were what we were given was a Messiah riding on a donkey. That was never been ridden but was prophesied about in the book of Zechariah 9 and 9 some 400 years before Christ's birth. Zechariah 9 and 9 says this, rejoice greatly O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughters of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh upon thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon a donkey and upon the colt of the foal of the donkey. It's Eastern culture, like I said in the beginning, we were talking about. So to understand, we must catch a glimpse of Eastern culture. When a king went to war, the king would ride on a war horse. I don't know about you, I don't want to ride a cow into, into war. I want to ride a horse. Don't you? I mean, just picture a horse. They're just big. They're just burly. They just have muscles upon muscles upon muscles. And so it would be a, a, a war horse that a king would ride into battle on. Jesus did not come on a war horse, but a donkey. There would be no war. Why would there be no war? Because there is no contest. 
The Lord does yeah. not have an equal. That's right. Amen. Paul wrote it himself in 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. The victory is promised. The victory is not, oh, I hope it happens. Yeah. The victory has already been had. There is a back of the book that we can yeah. read. Jesus is victorious. Yeah. Right. So when we gather together on Palm Sunday, we're not saying, oh, Lord, I hope you can save me. No, it's, Lord, I know yeah. that you can save right. me. Lord, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know this book That's has right. the answer, yes. and I know that you have me in your hand. In the Jewish culture, a donkey was a noble and subtle animal. The donkey Jesus was riding on had never been ridden. Western culture, how do we view donkeys? Stubborn. i got to stop you because some people are going to say some words they don't want to say. <laughs> we, we, use, we view them as stubborn. But the donkey in Eastern culture was viewed as for many, it was used for many things. One such thing was when a king would come in peace, they would ride on a donkey. A king would put himself on a donkey to go into another man's territory and say, I'm not coming in war, I'm coming in peace. A king wouldn't walk anywhere. A king was riding on this creation, this animal. And he would say, oh, I got my war horse out. It means war. The, the, the visiting king could look in and go, oh, he's coming to battle. But if he was on a donkey, it meant he was coming in peace. And that's the way we found Jesus coming in peace. The Jews wanted Jesus to ride a war horse to claim victory over Rome. The Jews wanted deliverance. They wanted deliverance for, for Rome. But he was coming in peace to all men. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or right. Spanish or right. French or, or African. It doesn't matter if you're on the west side of town or on the east side of town. It doesn't matter what neck of the woods you come from. Jesus Christ came for peace for all mankind. Right. Right. And we've really got to get that to grasp. Because when we're shouting and joyfully praising God, we can't have ill will for our neighbor. Right. Because that's the whole part of the body. And we've got to be excited about what God is doing. But he came to bring peace to all men. And if we're not careful, we can have an idea of what we want from God. And our ideas can take us off course of what God really has for us. The Jews were not wrong in wanting to be rid of the Roman oppression. But their salvation was so much more important to them for, for Jesus to deliver them from than a Roman oppression. If he delivered them from Rome, they would still be caught in the bondage of sin. Right. But if he left Rome alone and, and, and delivered them from their salvation, it wouldn't matter what the Romans did to them right. from that time on. All right. that mattered was their soul was in his hands. We need, your need is great and God sees it. But can I tell you this morning, your need is not greater than your salvation. God knew then and he knows now. Our sin and our spiritual need is salvation. It's to, be, it's to be under the blood. It's to be in the blood. That didn't happen when I was nine. It's a daily occurrence that takes place on a daily basis. Right. Palm Sunday shouldn't be something we just celebrate once a year, but it should be a daily waking up and going, Oh God, thank you for saving oh, me right. today. Right. God knew then. I'm not here to tell you where you are. It's not my job. It's not my job. My job is to shout, be ready. My job as a pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm learning quickly what my job is. My job is to be the watchman on the wall. My job is to say, hey, wake up. Forget 
about all this other stuff, this Christian living that we're trying to get figured out. Forget all these things that we're trying to put in the right path in the right way. I just want to tell you, make sure your soul is saved. That's right, man. Because that's all that matters. And you're saying, well, there's a whole lot of other stuff that matters. No, really, it doesn't. Really, none of the rest of it matters. Put all the rest of it behind you, because if your soul's not right, you're going to hell when you die. It's biblical. It's in the book. I'm not making it up. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it. we got a small group here, and I hope more people join. And with the will of the Lord, more people will join, because the Word's not just going here. It's going out there, all throughout normal. But what we can't miss is we can't say, oh, let me help you get your life together, honey. No, because I can't. I'm flawed. I'm flesh. It's this right. word. It's Jesus Christ. Yes. It's the only one that right. can bring that's salvation. Right. That's right. Right. And if we're looking for something different, that's no different than the Ro- than the Jews. That's right. Looking for the Roman deliverance. Jesus. It's my job. My job is to make sure we don't put our needs and what's I got a lot of needs. Can I tell you? I hope I'm not taking too long. I got a lot of needs. You know what I want and need? I want people to fill these that's chairs. Right. Amen. Amen. I want souls to be saved. But my needs, they don't compare to what God's needs are. And if I get myself out of place, I'm out of the will of God. And so I can be wanting somebody to sit right there and the whole time God say, don't miss your salvation. Don't lose your soul because you've got other plans and other priorities. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid in 2022 that we've got our priorities out of whack. I'm afraid that we've lost sight of what God wants. I'm afraid that we've lost sight of God's true mission the way that people in the world of that time missed it as well. The palm branch is significant in the Eastern culture. The palm branch was a symbol of victory. The crowd didn't understand what they were asking Jesus because they didn't really know Jesus. They were looking for a political and earthly deliverance. The journey to the cross had a cross, had to cross the intersection of flesh and spirit. There's a lot of that going on right now in this room. There is a cross between the journey and the spirit taking place. There is a decision. I've just come to a small little church service at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Do I want to leave the same way I came? Or do I really want to get in this battle, God? Do I really want to get into this spiritual war right now at 3 o'clock when it's kind of nice outside and I've still got things to do, God? I, or, or do I just want to leave? The way that I came, yes, I told you in the beginning, I'm not mincing hairs because we don't have time to be nice. We don't have time to play nice. The world is drawing quickly to an end, and we don't have the ability. I care too much about each and every one of you to let your salvation be lost. Because we're looking for something different. We're looking for a political or earthly deliverance. We do not gather today to wave palm branches and shout Hosanna to leave the same way we entered. We see, you see, we have this word. We have the ability to read the timeline. Maybe you're not sure who because you're not sure of the events. And if you would allow me, I'd like to walk through the timeline of this next week of what Jesus went through in a short little excerpt. We know that today is Palm Sunday that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. I hope I've been preaching about it for just a few minutes now. <laughs> Let me know if you didn't pick that up. I need to change my preaching style. <laughs> we know that scripturally Monday... Jesus will weep over Jerusalem because he knew of their turning from him and their impending destruction. He would cleanse the temple for the second time tomorrow. He would curse the fig tree tomorrow in the storyline of the the word. We know scripturally on Tuesday, 
Jesus would find the withered fig tree and he would teach on it. Something I don't have time to do today, but I would encourage you this week to look at it. We know that Tuesday is the day Judas would make the deal with the religious leaders to betray Jesus. Tuesday. Tuesday. It only took two days. Two days from the glorification of the king for a little bit of money to soil the relationship. For a little bit of earthly possession to change the mind from the king who he had followed to now betraying him for just a few pieces of silver that I don't have time again today to go into the whole story. But I encourage you to read it yourself because slowly, daily, there is media, there is stuff that creeps into our life and slowly we, we, we sell out Jesus for just a little bit of a good feeling in our body. Wednesday, there's not much said scripturally on Wednesday. Wednesday was a quiet day. So if you want to sleep, sleep on Wednesday. We know scripturally Thursday, Peter and John prepared the Passover. They partake that same day of the Passover. Thursday is also the Garden of Gethsemane, the betrayal by Judas, and the trial is prepared. Then Friday, Good Friday. We know Friday by the scripture that tells us that there's the first trial before Annas, the second trial before the Sanhedrin, the third trial at dawn before the the rooster crows. Peter would deny knowing Jesus for the third time. These are all things that we know in the timeline, but do we really take the time to experience the magnitude of what Jesus was going through? We also know the fourth trial before Pilate, the fifth trial before Herod, and finally the sixth trial before Pilate. The people would shout, crucify him, crucify him. We celebrate Good Friday. We celebrate salvation. We have a reason. For the moment was many moments of love and compassion and sacrifice. We know then scripturally, Saturday, the guards were placed around the tomb and it was sealed. And finally, what we're going to come and celebrate next Sunday in this place at this same time is we are going to come and celebrate that the tomb was empty, that the women went and there was nobody there. The big boulder was rolled away. The guards had been scared off by the angel. We know that next Saturday, Easter triumphant, Jesus lives. We don't serve a dead Savior. We serve a risen Savior. You know where America gets it wrong every time, I believe, and I'm an American, so I think it's okay to say that. We are so blessed. We don't really need Jesus to deliver us from anything. I, I can honestly look back at my life. My parents did pretty good. Don't tell them. They did pretty good. And I don't think ever once I had to say, I just need to deliver. No, I never did. As a matter of fact, when you look at that side of town, that side, that side, and that side, there's a whole lot of people out there that think, what do I need a deliverer for? Right. I'm living pretty good. I'm educated. I'm knowledgeable. Did, have you seen my car? Have you seen my house? We don't really need anything to deliver anything to deliver us from anything. Matter of fact, We can at times not really need him much at all, except when things get difficult. And I'm just being honest. Again, my job isn't to tell you what station you're at. My job is to tell you to be careful, to make sure that we don't fall in the trap. We don't fall in these traps because we can get to the point where we don't really need to rely on him until things get difficult. Because our lives are so wonderful for the most part. I bet you if I asked you and you were honest, everyone in this room would testify of how good God has been in your life. How blessed you are. And sometimes that blessing can turn into a, 
I'm not sure I need anymore. I've kind of attained myself. I've kind of got to a point where I'm not really sure. I mean, I have a cousin. I wrote this myself, so I hope you laugh. I have a cousin who knows a lady whose son is on the meth, but really, I'm good and I don't need anything, so maybe we could just pray for them. Okay, what happened was, is we've missed the relationship with God, and we've started to move it on to other people. Do you know those people that I'm talking about? I pray it's not somebody here, but somebody that just says, I've got it all figured out. I've got it all under control. I know what's going to take place. I know everything that's going on, and I just miss it. And here we are, we miss it. We miss the symbolism of the donkey and the palms. We miss the victory of peace. We miss Palm Sunday as the victory of peace. Peace as in what? Peace as in, oh, I'm not going to have to worry about this or I'm not going to have to worry about that. No, peace in Jesus Christ. Peace the way Paul describes it in Philippians 4 and 7. And the peace of God, which passes, passes, S's are my trouble, passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Stand with me this afternoon. What a greater time in our lives than now when true peace is needed. Would you not agree? I had some statistics, and I'm not going to go through them all, but 40 million Americans suffer from stress and anxiety. 18.1% of the population 18 and older is in that 40 million people. Stress and anxiety. Anxiety is not understanding what tomorrow holds. Anxiety is so worried about what's coming. And yet there is a prince of peace that was born. There is a king of peace that entered. There is a God that hung upon a cross who shed his blood for you and I. I'm not talking about peace from a war or a pandemic. If we're not careful, that's what we could think the peace is. I'm not talking about peace in our political system or personal relationship or finances. If If we're not careful, peace will enter into all those and we'll think that's enough. I'm just glad for that to take place. I'm talking about a peace that lets us know no matter what tomorrow holds, no matter the pain, no matter the hardship, we are in the hands of the Almighty. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss it looking for something else or assuming that you don't need it. We try to surround ourselves. This is how much I know we need peace. We try to surround ourselves with peace so much. We have things called insurance. We have things called 401k retirement plans. Why? Because in case of a fire or wreck, theft will be covered so we'll have peace. When we retire, we'll have peace to know that we can still live. We worry about our earthly things with no thought on the eternal. I might live to a hundred, but eternity is a number I can't even begin to count. And when we think of the life that we're living right now, it doesn't even compare to the life Christ wants us to live in eternity with Him. The journey to the cross was about eternity and a peace of knowing we will be with our Creator. Do you have peace today? Can you honestly have the conversation with yourself and say, yes, I have peace in my life? With all that is going on in my life, in your life, when you sit down at the end of the day, do you know where your soul will find rest? Is there a peace in you that you will hear one day, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Because if we don't have that peace, that peace is being offered here on this Palm Sunday today. 
Because if there is not, I challenge you not to leave here today until you're sure. The Bible calls us to repent, acknowledge Jesus Christ, and turn towards Him. To be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the full, immersion, the full immersion in the name that is above all names. Then the Bible says we shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peace, just not with you at church, but peace with you every day of your life, leading and guiding. How about it right now, church? How will we leave today? By the cross or by the crowd? By the cross or by the crowd? How will we leave today? With peace or with anxiousness and not knowing where our soul is to be found? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in Normal, Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. Direct links can be found in the show notes. Thank you.